When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Draft is just a few days away. Ryan Pohl spoke today about the approach of the Chicago Bears. We've got a whole lot of stuff. To go over, we're going to have Mikey Bear down, Cuz, with us. And you know what? I could sit here and ramble on forever. But, Sammy, let's just start the show. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. We are exactly two days away from not having to look at another mock draft for about eight months, and I could not be happier, and I could not also be happier than to welcome our guest tonight. I'm not gonna waste any time. I'm like, I don't need to pad the show. I don't need any fancy introductions, but everybody knows this guy. Everybody loves this guy. I will say this. I did see online this week. Uh, he is one of the greatest friends uh, a man could ask for. Not for me, but for somebody else. But in any event, let's welcome to the show, Mikey Beardown Cuz. Buddy, how are you? What's up, my man? How are you? Only a few days away now. Finally, we're here. The dead season is about to end, and we're about to jump right in and see what we're made of. We'll see what happens. You know what? I could not be happier. I could be not. I could not be happier to have you on. You were a. Uh, you know, I always feel bad. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to ask too much of your time, but you're very willing to come on. So we appreciate you being here. Absolutely, and uh, absolutely. joining us once again. I will say this. I know that we were talking about this uh, over text about like let's let's look at the mock drafts, but like, aren't you sick of mock drafts at this point? Like, it, there's too many of. It's because there's literally there's and they all come from the same sources and there's just it's it's what happens when there's nothing left to report on. The Bears were very inactive in free agency in terms of splash plays. You knew at least I thought that would be the case uh, with yeah. their with their the state of the salary cap that they were in. Uh, I think they're setting themselves up nice for next year in terms of money. Um, so you had the Mac trade. And then other than the Mac trade, I mean, you saw Allen Robinson depart. I don't think that was – it shouldn't have been a surprise if you were paying Not attention. I don't I, – I, so, you know, besides those two things, like, you know, splash-wise, you didn't get much. And, you know, again, they got probably one really good offensive lineman in Lucas Patrick. Um, Byron Pringle, I thought, was a nice pickup. Uh, he made a boneheaded move this past weekend getting arrested. Very dumb. Um, but hopefully uh, we could get past that. But I think that may have some implication on what they do uh, in the draft. And then a couple defensive players. I like the DN they got from, from Indianapolis. 
I like the D tackle they got from uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I think you might see Big Larry, their big time splash free agent that they were going to try to get from Cincinnati. Um, I think you may still see them sign him. Uh, although he yeah. failed his physical, maybe they could get him on, on the cheap now, which may not be the worst thing, to be honest. So uh, still some things that got to fall today. Obviously, news about Robert Quinn, teams interested in Robert Quinn. Now, that could be just pre-draft smoke. Usually that happens a couple of days right before. But I think uh, if there was ever a time to sell Robert Quinn high, he's older. You know, he's he's I th- believe he'll be 32 this year, at least 32. Yeah. He's one of their highest paid players. I think he is their highest paid player now with A-Rob and Mac gone. I think this is the perfect time and his stock won't get higher. I, I mean, he's not going to have 20 sacks this year. I, is, he could have a great season. He's not going to have 20 sacks. I mean, I, I mean, it would be outrageous to think that. But, you know, uh, let's let's see what shakes out. But, uh, you know, I'm not surprised with with how it's with how it's gone so far. I'm not. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of cool things that Robert Quinn has done. He was the Brian Piccolo Award winner, which he accepted yep. today. Yep. There's a lot of things, and he's saying the right things. He wants to stay in Chicago, and of mm-hmm. course, we would love to have him. But at the same time, you know, it's funny. I'm not ignoring you. I got to make sure. Sammy always makes me t- tweet this out, and then when I don't, he gets <laughs> very upset, and then he starts texting me. <laughs> and he's like, why didn't you retweet this yet? And I'm like, you know what? And then I look on a professional because you know because now you're I'm texting not, I'm, not, I'm not paying hey, attention and ranks like well ranks not even paying attention to poor mike at least i was doing it while i was talking because i didn't oh, want it to look like i wasn't listening to you um but the thing is is and it goes back to when trent balky uh now playing around with the first overall pick with the jacksonville jaguars aiden hutchinson trayvon yeah. walker going back and forth with that it does bring to my well it brings this to light too like the 2012 draft, when Trent Balky drafted Alden Smith, who actually was very good his first two years, but he passed over J.J. Watt, Jordan Cameron, Cam Jordan, both of them. He passed over Robert Quinn. And you're like, God, Robert Quinn was in the 2012 draft. Like, if there is somebody out there who's willing to risk or to send a high pick for Bobby Quinn, as much as I would love to have him, and I would love to see him remain with the team. I think if we get a decent draft pick for him, I think it's a move that we kind of have to make. Yeah, I I agree totally. I agree totally. I listen, this team is again, this team is not building for 2022. 2022, yes, they're building for the future though. The the future 2023 in particular. 2022 my expectation, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but my expectations are going to be very very realistic this year very yeah. realistic I, I i think you have to be i think you you cannot expect this team to come out like gangbusters and start beating green bay and start no but i i just like to see more than anything this year i'd like to see a disciplined football team and an organized football team with some kind of offensive identity i want to see a team that has an identity i think this team had no identity the last couple of years and that was my Biggest pep, even they were extremely undisciplined. They were one of the worst teams in terms of sloppy penalties and and time and clock management. I think that won't be the case under Eberflus. Uh, but Bobby Quinn, I mean, his value right now, I think you could get a a, a mid to high third maybe for Bobby Quinn, yeah. maybe a second. You're never going to get a first rounder for him. That will yeah. never, ever happen. So people saying that you don't know about trade value. Uh, could you get a low, the, like a real bottom of the barrel second round pick for him? Maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, Mac went for a second. Is Bobby Quinn going to go for the same thing as, as Mac went for? I don't know. 
I think a third, a mid third may be realistic for Bobby Quinn. And if that is, if that's uh, presented, would uh, polls say no to that? I don't know, because again, you have to look at, it's not only the pick, but it's getting that contract off the books. That contract is, yeah. it clears a lot more money for 2023 and they already have a lot of money in 2023. And not to mention, there's some big time weapons that are going to be free agents in 2023. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all about the future at this point for this team. It makes business sense. I w- again, I like them. I'm not going to be upset. Me too. Me too. I like them a lot. And I know I go online and I'm always like, I, I like them. And then I said that for Khalil Mack, he got traded. I feel like it'll be the same thing with Robert Bobby Quinn. And it's fine. And I think that we also heard today, Ryan Poles talking about this, moving down from one of those picks in the second round to try to acquire more capital, which leads me to believe because this draft is so deep in wide receivers and offensive line, we should find corners. I think, again, that's how we're going to round out this team is, is trying to accumulate as many draft picks as possible bringing in guys on the low end on the cheap a little bit, but still guys who can be highly productive. And I think second and third round, you find NFL starters there. And I think uh, the Green Bay Packers are a prime example of a team that goes out there. They have not drafted a first round wide receiver in quite some time. I think the bears are poised to go out there and get a pretty good one. Even if they do stay with their two picks right there in the second round. Um. I ran a mock today because I, like I told you, you I did said, do oh, it. You I, did. I guess right. I might as well run a mock. And I, I ran a mock today where the Bears stay put in the second round and they do something mm. that I don't think they'll do. But if they did do it, man, I would really be happy. And I understand they need offensive linemen still. And there's no question, but they still would have their third rounder. They would still have two fives. Um, not saying they would get great players with the two fives, but if they could nail the third, the third rounder on an offensive tackle. And if Baram and Jenkins play well enough, uh, I had them going in the second round back-to-back wide receivers. Okay. And I had them going back, back-to-back with two, and and Pickens was gone already by the yeah. time I picked. So Pickens was gone. Um, but I like two guys in particular, and maybe some people would say the one is a reach. I know a lot of people are, are hot on the other. The first one is Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. I know a lot yeah. of people are hot on him big physical six foot four athletic freak combine monster. That would be my one. And then I walked away with him and I walked away with John Mechie, the third from Alabama, who's rehabbing the ACL. Now, if you told me that they walked away with those two guys in the second round, you're talking about unlimited upside for this receiving core and for the weapons. I think those two guys could be exactly the type of game wrecking. And I always use the term game wrecking offensive players that these, that this team needs and doesn't have quite frankly, at this point right now. Yes. Darnell Mooney, but outside of Mooney, uh, they don't have like that, that player that could strike fear into a defense. These two guys, in my opinion, if Mechie comes back from the rehab, well, he was, I mean, Mechie people forget because (laughs) you know, Jamison Williams, Jamison Williams at, at Alabama, but Mechie was, was a, a target monster. He was getting seven, eight catches a game, and this guy could take one to the house just as easy. I mean, he is yeah, a dynamic I'm- route runner, a polished route runner. And again, you go to Watson. Watson is kind of like the unknown. He's just an right. absolute big – they need a big body receiver. And Equinemius St. Brown is is not going to be – he's not going to all of a sudden come to the Bears and he's going to be – he's a big guy, but he's not going to just all of a sudden – there's a reason why the Packers never used him. The Packers, by my estimation, outside of – 
you know, uh, Devontae and MVS, maybe. I mean, they didn't have a great receiving core outside of those two guys. So for him to really not see the field a lot in Green Bay, I don't think he's going to suddenly come here and he's going to break out and be this, this star guy. So these two guys, to me, if they could walk away with them, I would be ecstatic. That's just that's just me. Now, I know it's it's, you know, again, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think he'll go wide receiver, wide receiver. But, man, I would not have an issue with it whatsoever because, again, this is not going to be a one-off season turnaround for this team. It's just not. And we should acknowledge Bears fan forever 14. Keep praising Green Bay, and I'm going to be <laughs> sick. Listen. Now, we that can... was you, Adam. That was you. Listen, they draft good wide receivers. They like, I, 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 we hate them for for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. but you still got to look at them like they've done a nice job of getting guys in the second round. Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, my friend James Jones. Uh, who was the other guy? Oh, yeah, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Like, they've done a nice job of it. I don't think they, I can't remember the last guy that they drafted with the first round pick, but it's been a long time. They've also missed on some guys. Equinemius St. Brown is somewhere in the middle for me. I really do believe that Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, it's not always easy to work with. I think there's a reason why. I'll oh, tell definitely you. Definitely not. Definitely. Like Devontae not. Adams left for a reason. Like he's, he could have stick around. He could have played with, he would have made probably more money, but he wanted to get out of there. So I don't think that Equinemius St. Brown comes in and pulls like a Wes Welker where he's like, oh my God, now he's an all pro even though he was cast away by two teams. But I do think he can be productive, which is just what we need. We need somebody like, okay, you're you're a fine fourth or whatever. Make some big catches here and there. We'll be yeah. fine, especially, and I agree with you. I really like the idea of going with two wide receivers in the first round. Uh, again, like we can find some, we can find the offensive lineman later. We could possibly trade down, do some things. I really do believe that there, if there's a chance to grab two players, and I love both of those players, that you mentioned probably more so now than George Pickens. Cause again, I don't me know. Too. If this is a me too. Me too. I was reserved. I didn't want to go crazy about, about dogging Pickens, but all I keep seeing everywhere on bears Twitter is just people making George Pickens out to be like, he's going to be the end all be all answer at wide receiver. And I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I missed something and I watch a ton of college football just as much as just as much as the bears. I'm a religious Saturday all day college football watcher. I am. So unless I missed something, and I guess I did, I understand he was injured. I, I get that. Yeah. But, you know, unless I miss something, I just don't see – I think he's a good player, but I, the way he's being put on a pedestal. But I have to, again, pump the brakes and take a step back because we all know how Bears Twitter can be. It's a very <laughs> toxic place to be at times. It and it's a very be. unrealistic place to be at times. It really is. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. It is one of those things that – it feels like once one person, and if it's somebody respected, and I think like yes. Berlissimo, people love Berlissimo, and he watches and breaks down a lot of tape. So yep. when he starts putting it out there, then Jacob and Fani picks it up, and then Jonathan picks it up, and then everybody just, it kind of snowballs. Yep. And I feel like it's one of those things, and this is going to be the problem, that if we don't draft George Pickens, and if the reports about his interviews are correct, he does not... Basing it on those interviews, it does not seem like he is a Ryan Poles type player. If any of that is true, and I, I'm I'm positive that Ryan Poles has done his due diligence, yeah, he will pass. Even if he's gone, he will pass him. And I think a lot of people with the bear, a lot of Bears fans will be disappointed. Be like, oh, why didn't we get it? And it's like we're not 
outside of Berlissimo and a couple of guys, we're not scouting that much. We're just taking the word and we're building, we're lathering ourselves up for this. When four months ago, a lot of us didn't even know who that player was. And it's the same thing that happened that's, with Ryan Bates. Like we true. lost, we lost out on Ryan Bates and everybody act like it was the second coming of Olin Krutz. It's like, no, like he was a guy who barely played for the bills. Now, obviously they matched that deal and everything went on, but still, I don't, if we don't end up with George Pickens, it, it's, it, it's not the end of the world. Like I it's, agree. It's going to be fine. And I love, I love Christian Watson for a lot of the reasons that you would, would you talk about? He, he is one of those combine guys too, though, that could let, that could see him sneak into the end of the first round. That would be a little bit of a disappointment, but Mechie, the one thing that I love about him is that he is a great player. He really is a great player, but we've seen this. Player. We've seen this a lot of times. I know it, it. you can debate on whether it worked out or not with Eddie Jackson, but we saw it with Jalen Johnson, who easily should have been a first-round pick. I remember when I did my mock draft with a twist a couple of years ago, I had him going in the first round to the minute. I recommended to the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. I don't predict. I'm just recommending. And I'm like, oh, Vikings, you need a corner? Jalen Johnson should be your guy. The Vikings didn't listen to me, and now he's going to shut them down for generations. I feel like because of the injury, Mechie will end up falling, and he is somebody who could be available there. So I really do. Again, as I was doing a couple of mocks, Watson was gone. I like Mechie. I think that there's also a third. I, I think David Bell was another guy that Bears Twitter jumped on early, yep. and then everybody got off of them Very quickly. And, very and quickly. It took it one is, guy, one guy buried him. I forget who with a verified account. Somebody buried him on Bears Twitter and said that he was going to be an absolute bust, I think. Yeah. And everybody hopped off. But I could tell you just from what I know. And yes, Adam, you're right. We don't all study and break down film. But I've seen what David Bell did against Ohio State, against Michigan, against teams that played really top-level defense, where, by the way, they turn out number one overall defensive players, Chase Young, maybe Aiden Hutchinson, uh, uh, the Bosa brothers, okay? I saw David Bell, Jeff Okuda, I saw him absolutely torch and burn their defense for that one game in Purdue where it was like 300 yards, something absolutely outrageous. So the eye test, Mechie, you saw Mechie before he tore his ACL in the SEC title game against Georgia. He had seven catches before halftime against the number one defense in the in FBS, one of the best defenses in FBS we've seen in the last decade, what Mechie did to them. I don't need to break down any film to know those two guys are football players. They're yeah. football players. And sometimes I just think that everyone gets so hung up on – the numbers and so hung up on, well, look at, you know, on, uh, you know, I'm breaking down this. I want to know what did he look like full speed game tape? And yes. Okay. You could go by some of the, some of the film studies I understand are valid. I'm not discrediting all of them, but I don't want to break down metrics that much. Just, just let me see what he looked like in actual game speed on the field. And these two guys always, always look good, always look good against top flight competition. That's another thing that I love about Amechi. Mechie played for for the best and against the best. That's that's that speaks volumes to me because, you know, it's always a gamble when you go for these guys who who played at these smaller schools. There's always an inherent gamble with that. It right. pans out sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. So you know, I, I 
I, I, I love Mechie, and I agree with you on Bell. One guy buried him, and that was the end of it. He never said nobody wanted Bell anymore. Bears Twitter decided that he was not a good player anymore. That's and right. it really, the one, and I'm not comparing him as an apples to apples comparison, but it also reminded me of what happened to Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup was a great, productive college player, goes to the senior bowl and absolutely crushes it. I believe he was the MVP of that game. And then his 40 time at the underwear Olympics in Indianapolis wasn't satisfactory. And then he falls into the third round. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it just pays to pay attention to what happened when they were actually playing football instead of just running around in their underwear. And Sammy, I want to ask you if, if there's any questions, I know that we've gone. All right, listen, bears fan forever back at it again. Okay. Guys fill in the blank in three years. The Chicago Bears will be, go ahead and take that. In a much better position than they're in today. In a much better position they'll be in today. They'll be a legitimate contender for their division title. If, if people have just one more, I would give them one more year of a little bit of patience because this is a cleanup year. This is the cleanup year that should have happened last year, and it didn't. So we're a year behind schedule. In three years, I firmly expect us to be competing for the division. Firmly. Oh, absolutely. I I think that you could even stretch that a little bit further. And I said that we should be one of the better teams in the NFC. There really does need to be a lot of work. And I think that, you know, what we've seen, and I've talked, we've talked about this on your show and my show, you know, there was a, there's a lot of things that needed to go on with this organization. And it goes back to when Ryan Pace was hired and even Ryan Pace at the time. And, you know, listen, I, I know he's made some mistakes and he, made some blunders, but at the same time, he still recognized the fact that the Bears needed to bring in an an assistant general manager. They needed more analytics. They needed more advanced scouting. They needed a bigger organization. And Ryan Poles is starting to get that. And so what we're seeing with Ian Cunningham coming in and a lot of the stuff and a lot of the people who are, you know, being added to this front office staff, you know, that that they're now not answering to Ted. It's going straight to the McCaskey family. Like a lot of that stuff puts the Bears in a positive position to be a a competing team year in and year out, not necessarily a one-year, hey, they made a run to the playoffs, and then we don't hear, then they're not credible for three years. But I think there's a sustainability. And I would expect us in three years, if everything goes as according to plan, and you know, the the, the plan seems sound, but if everything goes according to plan, I think there is a sustainable winning franchise. And I think with a team like Green Bay, here's Bears fan forever 14, Green Bay could be in a lot of trouble at some point. Like it's it's going to be a world of difference when you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're going to find out real quick that the NFL can be a very, very sad place if you don't have elite level quarterback play. Now, obviously, a lot of what, what we're hoping for will be based on how Justin Fields develops. And I think that'll probably end up being the bigger question, but I think that organizationally we're going to be at a very sound spot. Yep. I agree. Let's uh, do you have another question, Sammy? I want to, I just want to throw it out there. Uh, It's Erm again from Twitter. My question is for both Adam and Mikey. Do you think Ryan Poles is going to do anything during the draft? That will surprise Bears fans. Do you think there is something brewing there, Mikey? Anything, any any surprises on the horizon? 
So if it's a, if you're thinking that it's going to be a surprise where there's going to be some drastic shift in position going upward, like into the first round, I can't see that happening. I, I can't see that happening. So not in that regard. I think that the biggest surprise for Bears fans and maybe the most upsetting surprise is that every Bears fan, I think, wants them to go offensive lineman, wide receiver, or corner. And I think there's a very good chance that Ryan Poles is going to go with a defensive lineman or a <laughs> linebacker. Uh, with one of those picks, and I think like, and I'm not saying like the sixth round pick, I'm saying like, hold on, it could be the third or one of those seconds, right? So that could happen. A name I keep seeing pop up is Travis Jones out of uh, UConn. He's a very, very large man, interior lineman. He's their best player by far, six five, like three thirty, uh, just a just an absolute mountain. And I just think that. I would not be surprised if that was the move where they took a player of a position that the fans don't deem uh, necessity. And I think that will upset fans and by upset, I guess inherently will shock them. So <laughs> I think that that could shock them. And then Adam, I would not be shocked. Like you said, they trade one of those seconds down to me. I, that to me is not, wouldn't be a surprise. So I wouldn't right. categorize that as a surprise. I could totally see them doing that. I could totally see them. You know, it's funny because I think Ryan Poles kind of intimated that today is that he was willing to draft, to, to trade down, to kind of a, acquire more picks and everything and, and just trying to just, again, build a roster, you know, not necessarily moving up for one guy. It, it would be a shock to me if they went out there and brought in, I know a lot of people have talked about this, about, you know, Chris Olave, you know, yeah. if, he's, if he's available, like I... It would be shocking. It would be shocking. Ryan Poles would be the best poker player of all time if he did pull off some sort of move where he did get into the first round. But I don't think that there's really a talent that necessitates that. There's not one guy that you're like, we got to have this player. Like, this is the must-have player of the draft. Olave is a player I would love to have for obvious reasons. I mean, I would love to have Olave because of his chemistry with Justin Fields. I would love to have Olave because I saw how dominant of and silky smooth of a route runner he was at Ohio State for his years there. I would love to have Olave because I see how well he adjusts to the deep ball. One of the best deep ball adjusting catchers of, of the football I've seen in college in a long time. Uh, or Garrett Wilson, even for that matter, for those same reasons, pretty much, including the fields dynamic. But they're not a guy like a Jamar Chase where it's like, you know, anything and everything to go get him, anything and everything. So if they really did, I mean, it would take so much, I think, to get either one of them, because I honestly think they'll both go in the top 15. Mm -hmm. It would take such a monstrous move to get from 39 all the way up into the top 15. You know, the Bears move last year to get fields really wasn't as big of a jump as people like make it out to be. They went from, I believe, 15 20. or 16, 20. 20. I'm sorry. They went from 20 to 11, right? They jumped yeah. from 20 to 11. There's a big difference from going 20 to 11 than going from 39 all the way into the top 10 or 15 of the draft. I, I It would be so much, Adam. And what are they going to give up? What could they possibly oh uh, next year? Uh, we're talking picks from next year. I don't think that's the direction Poles wants to go in from everything I've heard him say, not just recently during smoke week of the draft, but from his first initial press conference when he got hired. I don't think that's the type of GM he's going to be. But yeah, we'll see. It is one of those instances like when you finally paid down your credit card and you're almost there. <laughs> and you're like, I don't, I'm going to go on a Vegas bender. 
That's a good gonna, analogy. I'm going to spend yeah. all my money. Like, no, no, no. We're almost, yeah. we're almost through this. Yep. Yep. And yep. it is, it is such a leap to get into that, into that first round. Yeah, Maybe the, if you get into the, I know that Kansas city has multiple picks. I know Detroit has pick 32, which I think if you're a team that wants one of the quarterbacks, like if one of the quarterbacks tumbles, or even if somebody's into Desmond Ritter, or if somebody's into Matt Corral, and they want to jump into the first round to get one of those players because you get the fifth year option on them, that is the only reason. That's the only reason to move back into the first round. And obviously, the Bears have Justin Fields. There's no reason for that. There is no wide receiver to break the bank over. So we're like, we're cool. I think we're going to try to move down, and we might move down multiple times if possible. And hopefully, you know, something, and you know, and it's one of those things like you'll probably have your eyes on somebody that you're like, oh, I hope we draft this player. And then the bears move down. That is to me. And by the way, while I'm thinking of this, everybody mm-hmm. who's watching the show right now, log, leave a comment. Who do you want to pick at spot number 39? Just tell us your dream scenario. Even if it's like Chris Olave, like it's not realistic, but like, who do you want the bears to pick at number 39? I I'm, I'm willing, like I, this is almost cause I'm a jerk and I almost want this to happen. I want George Pickens to be on the board at 39 and I want the bears to trade down. And I want, I just, I just want to see the meltdown. Yeah, evil. And yeah. not that I don't think that he's a bad player or anything like that. I just, I just want to enjoy the meltdown cause it'll be fine and we'll be okay. We'll, yep. we'll survive it, but they really do need, somebody like they we need multiple players like that's multiple that's players the we don't need one guy we need multiple players and hopefully some of these guys with you right think if i'm not if i'm not mistaken and correct me if i'm wrong we had to move up in the second round for tevin jenkins as well yes if i'm remembering this correctly. that's correct no that's correct that's correct so there there could absolutely be a situation like that where we could actually be the benefactor this time benefactor beneficiary benefactor in any benefactor, event yeah. Hopefully that that happens to us and we're able to pick up some some draft capital. Hopefully it's for this draft, but and I think if you get the late run of quarterbacks at the end of the first round, that could be a very realistic thing where you see a couple quarterbacks go and then Brock Purdy is left there. You know, somebody yeah. like a Brock Purdy is there in the second round and a team values him, does knows he's not going to make it around into the third maybe or the fourth. Uh, because there's been a late run on quarterback. So there's only a handful left that could even be serviceable as potential starters. Maybe somebody views them as that. Um, that could be where you could really get someone to overbuy one of those second round picks. And if, if polls is able to push that second and get three picks out of it, even two picks out of it, one of them remaining in the second, maybe just late in the second, more mm-hmm. power to them. They need so much help everywhere. That's the problem. It's not the one guy is not going to turn this team around. Now, again, on the flip side of that coin, I do think that if they get two of these wideouts in those back to back, I do think that could significantly impact the team quickly. I do. I do think that. So especially because if you're going with the guys who, in my mind, have the potential biggest upside, because like you said, and I go keep going back to it, I think Mechie could be. Um, you compared him to somebody who was injured and fell. I forget who you compared him to, but it was a very good comparison uh, to a player that got hurt uh, just before the draft, 
fell and then got drafted. And then all of a sudden that, that value is just incredible that you get there. Right. If he is able to rehab back somebody like that, it's, it, that's a steal. It ends up becoming a steal. And I think that's what Mechie could be if he's there. No, for sure. And uh, I know that I'd mentioned, I think, I don't know if it was Jalen Johnson, but like somebody like that uh, yeah. was definitely, it doesn't always work out. Um, but sometimes that helps out because these guys can play and you know what teams will, teams will ignore the tape. And we'll ignore a guy's in a, a college career because he got hurt. You're like, well, I mean, would you give up? Would you give up on a rookie? Like if you had somebody who is really good, and I think uh, uh, Jameson Williams would probably be the better example of this. Of like, if this player got hurt during his rookie year, would you give up on him? Of course you wouldn't. So why would you ignore him in the draft? Like, And just right. assume like. If, Ju- well, if Justin Jefferson came out his rookie year and tore his ACL from Minnesota, what are they going to, the next year, he's going to, he's going to what, be on the practice squad and they're not yeah. going to give him an opportunity. They're going to trade him. They're going to cut him. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. So it's, it could end up, you know, working out, but we'll see, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on right now. And there's a lot of, and you know, without there being a true number one guy this year, I think that there's a lot of intrigue into this draft, but I do think that we remain fairly certain that there won't be a guy. We won't be, there isn't a guy for us to, unless, okay, listen, if Aiden Hutchinson falls to 25. I guess yeah, yeah. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll say yeah, that. Sure. that. That would be a shock. Sure, uh, sure. Sam, do we have any more? I'm sure we have more questions. Uh, DJ profit. Right guard is a far more glaring need than wide receiver. Not sure why all of our focus is on, isn't on Kenyon Green and Tyler Smith. You know what, DJ? I'm glad you brought this up. Kenyon Green, when I was doing my mock draft with a twist, I actually had him slot or suggested, and I don't, I don't want Bears fan forever 14 being upset. <laughs> but I was saying, like, when Green Bay is picking with their second first like that is the kind like the like a Lucas Patrick replacement for them. That is a player that I have a lot of respect for. I don't I wouldn't be mad at that. If if Green was available, I think that there is a great value and I think that as you look at the draft and the way it could work out, I know that Cincinnati would be in in the mix for that as well. I think going interior offensive line isn't a bad idea and I think there could be some great value at the top of the second round. Yeah, I, I think, you know, a guy like Dylan Parham from from Memphis, he could play all over. He could play oh, center. Yeah. He could play guard. Uh, he's played tackle, but, I, you know, um, Zach Tom, Wake Forest, uh, another guy who could who's, you know, a highly rated pass blocker. I think he was the highest rated pass blocker pass blocker in FBS at tackle. Now they keep saying he's, he's going to slide inside in the NFL, but, you know, he's another guy. Uh, you know, Jamari said, uh, sailor, sailor from Georgia. He played tackle there, but yeah. another guy who they said is going to probably slide inside. But again, I, I think, I think Parham's interesting because to me, he fits that athletic mold, that super athletic mold that polls is looking for. Uh, I think he plays with a little bit of a nasty streak, which I think again, polls has reiterated that over and over that he really wants guys with attitude, uh, on the, on the front. And I think you're seeing that already. And I think you'll see a lot of it this season. So, again, it's not that we keep talking wide receivers. All I'm saying is that I think that there's an opportunity there where there's going to be two guys who could really be like face of the offense altering 
at how yeah. good their how high their ceiling is. Not that I don't want the linemen. I know how important they are. I get it. I get it. Believe me. I don't want to see just, nothing's going to matter if Justin's running around for his life back there. Nothing. But I would think that with Whitehair and with Jenkins and with Baram and with Patrick now, you got one hole that you really need to address. Um, if they could just hold their own with a guy in the third round or one of those fifth round picks, if they could hold their own a little bit and you get those other route runners where he's going to be able to get the ball out. Cause remember bears receivers were the worst in football at creating separation last season, the yeah. worst statistically. So if they, if he's got guys who are getting separation, better running, better routes, inherently he should be getting rid of the ball quicker. And we already saw footage from uh voluntary workouts where they're already working on his throne motion. And he looks like he's getting the ball out a little bit faster now. His motion is much more condensed. It's not like that kind of like uh, elongated over the head. It's kind of like he was zipping the ball out. It looked it looked to me now again can't go based off of that. I understand that, but it did look significantly quicker. So all those pieces added up in totality. I get it. I, I get the offensive line desire. I want linemen too. I do. I do. I I wish they addressed it a little bit more in free agency, but. I think it is where what it is. And again, the ceiling and the potential on those wideouts, some of those guys, I think they could be steals. And I want I want the, the ultimate value for the picks. And I think the value you're getting there could be greater than going with one of the guards. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I feel like um <laughs> again, this guy what? I don't want to leave. No, listen, life. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say too many nice things about Green Bay. Uh, but they they, you know what, they actually do a nice job of of drafting interior linemen as well. But again, I I'll say this personally. Uh, I'm always going to, you know, my fantasy background just bleeds in. Yeah. Right, right. And I always start to look at the wide receivers. Like I'm guilty of this as anybody and I will be the, but listen, if they go out there and they take an interior offensive line and they end up with somebody like green, I would be very happy with that. And I would go onto Twitter and I would make the point like, this is a good pick. Like this is, Ultimately, though, I mean, like, I don't know. It, it's a little bit more difficult for me. Like, I'm I'm basing this on a lot of whenever it comes to the offensive lineman, and I'll pull back the curtain on this. It's a di- it's a sore spot for me. Like, it it is more difficult for me to judge. I mean, outside of like pancake blocks or anything like that, I really have to rely on Daniel Jeremiah, Brian Baldinger, those guys, Lance Zerline, and I will ask them. You know, and it, listen, I just want to be. Up front, and I and I write this when I write these columns. I write this and say, "Listen, I think that this team needs an interior offensive lineman." I'm looking at DJ's top fifty list. He's got Kalon Green there. I think that's a that would be a smart move. Now, you guys do your own research, but I'm just telling you, you should go with an off interior offensive lineman there. So I get that. I I would agree. And the good news is is that we've got two guys who we figure to be pulling the you know, making the picks with Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles, who are offensive linemen, who this is their area of expertise. Right, in their wheelhouse, yeah, yep. So if if the, if the if there is an interior offensive lineman sitting there at 39 and we've not traded back, who checks out to be the guy that they like for all the attributes you were talking about, including, you know, you mentioned the mean streak. I think that is going to be a huge part of it as well. Yes. I mean, you got to, you got to be, you got to be a good player. But if you're a if you're an absolute prick, like you're gonna you're probably gonna get drafted, and that's that's what Eberflus has been talking about, and that's what a lot of these guys have been talking about. And 
I, I keep would seeing I keep seeing Tyler Linderbaum from from Iowa. If he falls, if Tyler Linderbaum falls, then all bets are off. Even I will back off of the receivers if Tyler Linderbaum is there at thirty nine. If Tyler Linderbaum's there at thirty nine, I don't care. You kick. You tell Lucas Patrick. Listen, we understand that we told you you're going to play center, but you're going to play guard, and oh you're going to be so great at playing guard. You're going to be a great guard. One of the best in Bears history, whatever you got to tell him, because Tyler Linderbaum to me is one of those absolute cannot miss. If he is there, you it's an automatic send the card in. I, I don't think he'll be there. I don't think he'll be there. But I have seen a couple of things where it's like, oh, you know, if he slips, if he slips, there should be no conversation. Poles should sprint the card from wherever he is. I don't care if he's in Illinois. Take the, take a Lear jet and and get to Las Vegas and and get that card to the commissioner as soon as possible. That's how, how big I am on him, how big I am on Linderbaum. But again, I don't think he'll be there, but there's a the guy, there's a guy I, I would say automatically. Yes. No wide receivers take Linderbaum. It would be an interesting litmus test because last year, you know, the, 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 the administration and the head coach would not go back on their word to Andy Dalton. about like, ah, you're our starting quarterback. When they could have easily, defensively, been like, "Yeah, you're not the starter, bro." Like, sorry, we lied. Not. We drafted just a few. Like, that's it. Like, sorry, we drafted a quarterback. You know, things change. Yeah. It's a business. And Andy Dalton, of all, I think Andy Dalton could have took and accepted that. He might not have liked it, but I think yeah. he's a pro enough. He seemed like a very big pros pro. I, Absolutely. you know, there was, you know, Foles, I think gets a little like Foles gets a little funky with stuff, but to me, Dalton took everything and handled everything like a gentleman the whole season. Uh, no issues, no, int- no issues with him. Uh, but I agree. I do not think that this regime would have, would have any, any issues with that, any issues. And I don't think Patrick would either. If that, if that ever came to that, I mean, and man, that offensive line, all of a sudden, if you t- tell me you got Patrick at guard, white hair at the other guard, Linder Bob in the middle, and then Baron, well, Baron, we're going to see if Jenkins, they're going to really stick him at right tackle. And I, to me, the move of so far moving Jenkins from left to right and having Baram at left means, I guess everyone keeps saying that that means they're going to have to take a tackle. They're going to target a left tackle. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about that. I, 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 just I don't, don't either. Know. People are so convinced off of voluntary voluntary workouts. You can't, you cannot, you know, be that convinced. There's just no way. It's just, it's a narrative to make up because it's the dead season. That's exactly what it is. That's all. Oh, everybody. I mean, just think of all the narrative surrounding Justin Fields right now that he's a boss, that the Bears are trying to tank. Oh, Bears are trying God. to sabotage he him. Demand, he should demand a trade. And oh, well, we God. had we had Connor on to talk about that, and that was a little bit I. Listen to Connor, and I understood where he was coming from, and I understood his point of view, and he was allowed to speak, and I mm-hmm. didn't necessarily agree with him, but I understood where he was coming from. It's the Mike Florio thing about, like, they're purposely trying to sa- – like, if you're purposely trying to sabotage Justin Fields, number one, then you ruin any trade value you would ever have for him. And if you're not convinced that he's your starting quarterback, why wouldn't you trade him? Why wouldn't you go to one of the teams that needs a quarterback and be like, okay, like Carolina, give us the sixth overall pick or whatever. Like, it's so stupid. It defies logic. Like they gave, they gave everybody. There you go. uh, There you go. Is, (laughs) yeah. Is Fields legit or a fraud? Adamo. He's a fraud. We all know he's not. He's a good player. 
you cannot base anything off of what happened last season. And I think that was part of Connor's point. Like, hey, which again, like my whole counterpoint that was like, I wouldn't trust Ryan Pace. And if the Bears had fired Matt Nagy and kept Ryan Pace, then I would have been like, you know what, Justin Fields maybe like should have some, should be skittish. But I think that there has been a brand new slate. You're in a partnership now. Like you're both tied to each other. It's going to work. It, it's to your benefit, both of you, for this to work out. Because neither one of you want to have questions. Ryan Poles doesn't want to have questions of why he can't surround, a, surround his quarterback with talent. And Justin Fields doesn't want to be this guy who can't survive if they do. You know, So it's, it's better off for both of you if everything works out. So it's the silly yeah. season. Every- it's very silly. And I mean, Justin Fields and what you said, the one part of everything you just said that I, I had said multiple times over as well was that what happened last year needs to be taken with a grain of salt, both good and bad, because that offense again was, was so all over the place. They had no identity. The play calling was, it, it never made sense to me. There were like, maybe they would string together two or three good calls in a row that last series against Pittsburgh they had offensively to me was one of the better sequences that they had all season. When on third down, I thought for sure they would run and he hits Allen Robinson with that deep ball. And then the 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 little uh like the little, I think it was a play action or some kind of some kind of like reverse of field for him to Darnell Mooney in the corner. I thought that was like their best little short stint of offensive play calling that season. But it was just such an utter and total mess the way they handled it from the jump with Dalton still being the starter because they made a promise and then how quickly they turned to fields and then the sabotaging of the Browns game to which fields even says like to this day now it comes out that he was he had no idea what was going on in that game and didn't know what was happening there's no there's no arguing the kid's talent there's no arguing how dynamic of a player he is he has the arm talent he has the football IQ. He has the elite athleticism. Uh, he has the the deep ball, the extremely extremely accurate deep ball. He had some of the. He had the. You take Allen Robinson, who whatever happened last year, I get it. He was upset. Yeah. It affected his play. It clearly did. He. I, I don't think anybody could argue otherwise. You take Allen Robinson out of the equation, the Bears trotted out the worst group of pass catchers in the league last year. Darnell yes. Mooney's a good player. It has nothing to do with Darnell Mooney, but every player, every team has a player like Darnell Mooney or better in the NFL. This is the NFL. So everybody yeah. can match up Darnell Mooney, okay? But other teams could pull out a Justin Jefferson and a Thielen. They could pull out a Jamar Chase and a T. Higgins. A lot of these teams can do that. The Bears could not do that. They could not do that. So everything with Fields last year needs to be taken with a grain of salt. This is a totally new regime, a reshaped team, and – they're going to give him what he needs. Unfortunately, because of the cap space and the draft capital, they can't give him everything what he needs this year. They just can't. They can't pull draft picks from the sky. That's why they traded Khalil Mack. They're trying to get some kind of equity back because yeah. they know Khalil Mack alone rushing the passer with the lack of all players elsewhere on this team is not going to help them ultimately reach the number one pinnacle goal, which is to win a Super Bowl. Not right now as the team's constructed. It wouldn't have been possible. So they're yeah. taking the steps necessary to do it. It's going to be unpopular. It's going to be another year of, of 
really, really probably a bad reflection by record. But again, I expect yeah. the team to be a little bit more disciplined and to look maybe visually a little bit better than their record says they will be. Kind of like the Lions last year, Adam. Lions were competitive in a ton of games. They didn't look yeah. like the laughable Lions last year. They should have won a lot more games than they did. They didn't because, again, a team that's still heavily under construction, but they looked organized. They looked efficient in a lot of ways, and they were competitive, and, and they made games very interesting. So I think that's something that you could expect maybe with a couple more wins sprinkled in, hopefully. Yeah, you know what? And I think that's – I think a lot of Bears fans, at least the most realistic ones, would accept – a losing season if it meant that Justin Fields was developing yes. where you're like, oh, like, okay, this guy can play. We lost a lot of close games. We lost a lot of 28, 27 games, whatever. Our defense isn't quite there. Things like that that can happen. That would be yeah. fine. Darnell yeah. Mooney could be a target monster. That's cool, too. We would like that. I think, I don't know, I but I always talk myself back into like, well, if they run the football well and they've got two guys that can run it, and they love Khalil Herbert. Uh, maybe, but still, and the <laughs> NFC's down. Then I talk myself back into that. But I think that again, you're always the you're always the realist. Like I come onto your show, and I'm like, I think we'll win eleven. And when we go head to head, and you start pulling out the schedule, and then I'm giving us wins where obviously we're not going to get wins. Although I did say we would beat Pittsburgh, and I did say we would beat Baltimore, which we should have. But there were a lot of other losses that we were taking, and I was not right. But that's okay. I think that uh, I think progress is what we want to see. Like, show us something. Like, show us that we're on the right path. Because I think the last four years, or ever since 2018, yep. after making that run of the playoffs, you're like, you know what? Nagy's got his S together. We're going to go out there. We're going to see this offense just run. And then that was really the thing that we wanted to see, is that we were going to have this cranking offense. Yeah. That was going to be throwing throwing up points, and, and they regressed. Have, they regressed. All oh, that game against the Packers was so awful. That 100th season when yeah. they let it, and it wasn't the Super, it wasn't the defending Super Bowl champions. They went to the oldest rivalry in the NFL: Packers Bears. And I remember we were doing a show. We were doing. I think that was when the year we did League One, perhaps, and being on the air. When that show, when that game was starting, like we led up right to that show or right to that game. And then the Bears like didn't do anything on their first series. You're like, oh boy. Like yeah. you've had all off season to prepare a, a series, and this is what you come out with. And then it didn't get much better. And then last year, and God, it's just so frustrating. So I think if you come out, that's the thing. Like, if we came out and you're like, watching the Eberflus offense and drive down the field. And even if it's something like this, like we end up having to settle for a bunch of field goals where we're scoring like, you know, like field goals that you're like, okay, at least we're moving the ball. We weren't even moving the ball. No, like it was three, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And you held the worst part about that game. The worst part in the world about that game is you held, I think they held the Packers to 10 or 13, right? If yeah, I'm not mistaken, totally. they held them to 10 points or 13 points. You hold the Green Bay Packers to 10 or 13 points. You're at home and you can't win that game. And that's when you, you kind of started getting, okay, this is, this is not, 
2019. This is now 2020, right? That was, or was it? No, that was 19. That was 19. This is 2019. Now the offense started regressing in 18 towards the end of the second half. It was the defense that really was just so unbelievable. And it continued to be unbelievable in, in for a good part of 19, but you saw the decline towards the 2018. And now you come into 19. And like you said, you're prepared. Let's see it now. Let's see the high for and you put up three points or six points. They didn't score a touchdown. I remember that. They did not. I don't believe they scored a touchdown in that no. game. I'm pretty sure they didn't. So you come into that game and you lay an egg like that. And it just defined the rest of the trajectory of the season that year. And then 2020, they came back and it's the same nonsense. And then last year, they come back and it's the same nonsense. And yes, they have they have a handful of games where they light up the Jaguars, the Texans, cool. And and everyone you and and the Vikings when the Vikings defense was down last year, not yeah. this past season, the season before they lit up the Vikings when they were awful, god awful on defense. Yeah. And then you got these people that come out and they're like, you see, this is the potential of this offense. This is what this team could do. They figured it out. No, they haven't figured it Never. out. They're playing against the worst defenses in the league. In the yeah. league. So uh, they they could never win against the highest of competition. The guy could never win coming off a bye week when you had extra weeks to prepare. He was even worse than he was, which was a totally bizarre situation. Guy never won a week coming off multiple weeks of preparation. I've never seen that ever. Like even when they, not even off the bye, if they had like the Monday night game where they get the extra day, they they would lose those games. Like it it was just mind boggling, mind boggling. Coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree, Andy Reid is unbelievably good yes. coming off the bye week coming off of a week where you played Thursday night and have the 10 days unbelievably good Matt Nagy would go in reverse like he just took the time reverse, off reverse I honestly and I you know I'm as guilty of this as anybody like I really feel like after that Saints playoff game should have just been like yeah this isn't no that's it and cut ties and they didn't do that and that's why That's why I want, and I tell this to everybody all the time. That is why Poles is in the position he is in right now, because they took an extra year of just swallowing the pill again for another year and just repeating the exact same mistake for a year rather than cutting ties and, and cutting your losses. They went through that for another year. And that is exactly why the salary cap is where it is. And that's exactly why the draft equity is where it is. And that's exactly why everything is going in ultra slow motion. So just deal with it because that's the hand this guy was dealt. So don't go after him. Don't go after the GM. It's not him. It's not the assistant GM. We'll see what the head coach does because the head coach, I'm only worried about one thing. That's the product on the field in terms of organization with what he has personnel wise. But don't go after the GM because he's not signing this guy. He's not signing that guy. What are we going to do in the draft? Let me tell you something. It's not going to be uber exciting. It's 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 going to be, you know, kind of meat and potato stuff that they need to get done in order to rebuild the roster up. They're not. It's not going to be like fireworks. It's just it was never going to be fireworks this year. Just it no. wasn't going to be. Yeah, and it's probably, you know, and it's better off. I mean, we didn't overspend for Christian Kirk or anybody else. Which was absurd. We're going to be absolutely happy uh, in a couple of years that we did not go and spend all of our money in this draft. By the way, if you're enjoying the show so far, now if you could comment with the word sick, 
and let everybody know that you're enjoying the show. We have time for one more question, Sammy. We could bring one up. Uh, Adam and Mikey, honest opinion. Do you think the Bears have enough talent to at least be fun to watch? Or will it be the Lions? We were just talking about the Lions. Lions, like the Lions, were, Lions were fun, sort of fun last year. I mean, come on. They took teams to the brink week in and week out. No, the Bears, listen, the Bears will be fun to watch because of who plays quarterback. And I really yeah. think that the Bears will be fun to watch because I do think they'll have offensive identity. Are they going to be frustrating to watch at times? Yes, you're going to see a team yeah. that's that's going through new new schemes both sides of the ball. You're going to see a defense transition from 3-4 back to a 4-3. You're going to see an offense with a new play caller and a new head coach. So they're going to be going through a whole new scheme and transition. So there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be bumps in the road. But do you? the, the biggest thing about the Bears is they, for the last couple of years, they made mistakes and repeated them and repeated yeah. them and repeated them and repeated them. I want to see them when they make the mistake. Fine. It's a big mistake. I don't care. It is what it is. Let's move on from them. Did they learn from it? And do you see the improvement? Let's see them improve through the season and let's see them keep a clean slate in terms of the penalties. And let's see, most importantly, number one develop through the season. And that could be potentially very exciting because he is, in my opinion, and always will be, uh, one of the more dynamic athletes you'll ever see play the sport of football, I think. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be Joe Montana. It doesn't mean he's going to be Tom Brady. You know, it doesn't mean he's going to be one of these uber successful Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. But in terms of just raw ability and talent, I do truly believe he will be one of the more exciting quarterbacks you could watch play. Yeah, you know, and the Lions, remind me, if it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, where they would have all these inexplicable losses. I, I remember one of the Ravens, where wasn't it Justin? Uh, Justin, it might have been two years. That was ago. the no. That was the season when was Tucker broke when Tucker broke the record after the yeah. that crazy penalty that they got called for, which wasn't right. a penalty, by the way. Right, right, it, right. Inexplicable. Yes. yes, and that was like one of a handful of losses that they had like that. Yep. Honestly, I would take that from the Bears this year. There was a lot of like I can't believe that. Like even going back, if, if okay, I would say this: the games that we played last year against. The, the 49ers, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Think about those games. If we're in positions to where like, hey, we got screwed by a stupid taunting call. Yep. Justin Fields does something amazing, you know, like he makes that highlight run, and yet we still lose because we can't stop the other team defensively. Yep. Those, those games were actually palatable because they're like, well, at least like there was something there. Like, okay, like there were signs of life, you know. I would be able to accept that kind of stuff if it does mean that we're moving forward and we are a little bit fun and it's entertaining and those guys are high scoring. I remember like doing the uh, total access post game show on Monday nights on the NFL network. Everybody was looking at me after the bears lost that game against the Steelers. Like, how are you doing? I'm like, bro, I could not be more thrilled. Like Justin Fields looks like an NFL quarterback. Cole Komet was making plays. Like a lot of this was lost because the officiating was garbage. Horrible. The Bears Horrible. were getting calls against them that no other team, like they would not call that against the Steelers. Like you see like TJ Watt pointing into the crowd, yeah, doing whatever. That was TJ, ridiculous. TJ Watt could dry hump the Bears logo at midfield and they would never <laughs> call that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's fine. Like I'm not upset. Like that kind of stuff doesn't upset me. It's like the Bears should have won that game. It doesn't matter a couple of years from now when it actually really is important and we have a Super Bowl contending team, those losses will really bother me. But for right now, they look good and look progress. So I do honest opinion. 
uh, to that last questioner. Uh, I do think we have that capability this season. So, Mikey, I want to say something, though. First of all, thank you for coming on. Oh, we really appreciate you. You do great work. Uh, love seeing you out there. Your Instagram's blowing up. Everything that you do, uh, it's turning to gold. Can you tell everybody what you're going to be doing this week? What's your schedule like just so people, if they want to catch you? I know you do a lot of IG lives and stuff like that. What is your schedule like this week so we can all catch you and see what you got putting out there? I appreciate it. Um, so Thursday, obviously, for the draft. Now, a little pre-draft appetizer. Uh, myself and and Mr. Paul Swan, who is a NASCAR uh, pit crew member, Paul Swan on uh, Instagram, will be riding the Peloton in a Peloton biking competition at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard nice. Time. That is your appetizer for the draft, ladies and gentlemen. That will be a competition, but also uh, benefiting autism awareness. So if you get a second, that will be hosted on Instagram Live by uh, none other than my buddy uh, Bobby Berger, brilliantly dumb, uh, myself and Paul Swan. That's at five. Then, obviously, for the draft, full coverage on my story on Twitter, Bear Down Cuz on Twitter, Bear Down Cuz on Instagram. And then for Friday, when the Bears actually have picks that we know for sure they'll have picks, I'll probably be going live uh, during their actual picks of the night. But obviously, again, on Twitter, I'll be very active uh, in terms of updating and on the stories. And then obviously for every draft pick they make, there'll be a, there'll be a full uh, feed post up for that, but yeah, just stay tuned to the, to the Instagram and to the Twitter and you, you won't miss a thing in terms of draft coverage, uh, especially when it comes to the bears. So it's, it'll be a, it'll be a busy couple of days, but you know, this is uh, finally at least a little something for us to wet our whistles as opposed to just mock after mock after mock after mock. So this is, we're finally here. We're at the finish line, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you have, uh, we've talked about me going and joining you on one of these IG lives. We said we would do that after the draft. So we'll look absolutely. forward to doing that absolutely. again really soon. Of course, we'll have you back on the sick podcast at some point. Maybe you take it to the rank, maybe the podcast. It doesn't matter. Uh, we just like having you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, for being with us tonight. We will be Always. watching you uh, for the remainder of the week. Be keeping out an eye or keeping an eye out for you. So, uh, so that's it. That's all I got for you. So I, I wish you, I bid you a fond adieu, and yes. we'll see you soon. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it as always, my friend. All right, there he goes. The great Bear Down Cuz. Make sure you're watching him uh, or following him on Instagram and Twitter. I think Instagram, oh, he's great on both. Who cares? Follow him on both. It doesn't matter. Uh, we got to get him on TikTok soon. I think he is on TikTok, but anyways, we'll figure it out. But anyways, for us, uh, we will be around. You can follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. We will have a podcast at some point this week. I will be on the Tape Never Lies Network Friday night. There is a possibility we'll be going live. So, you know, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to this page. Uh, we might pop up on YouTube at some point, especially if there's something, if there's some surprise on Thursday, expect to see us at some point. But until then, there's a lot of great content going out all around us. Bear Down Cuz, Tape Never Lies, Relissimo, all of our friends, a lot of cool stuff. So we finally made it. We're almost there. So enjoy. Thank you for being here. We'll see you this week. And uh, you know what, Sammy? Why don't you go ahead and play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.